Hi, and welcome to the 19th episode of The Voice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Matt Sabolsky, joined by my co-host, Dr. Reed McClellan of Harvard Medical School and Boston Children's Hospital. Reed, say hello. Thanks so much, Dr. Sabolsky. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, we're glad to have you as always. I'm a founder of a company called Ionia, and we do healthcare consulting, and we focus heavily in digital interfaces like voice. And it's been great to be on the show for quite a while. What you'll notice today is Bradley Metrock, my co-founder of the show, is no longer co-hosting, and it'll be me and Dr. McClellan from this way forward. Before we get started, I wanted to mention something to the audience about our sponsor, Quark, at getquark.com. Q-U-A-R-C, a secure text messaging platform facilitating efficient care team coordination and collaboration. Believe it or not, 65% of medical errors are caused by breakdowns in communication across the space. And if that's not bad enough, medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States, simply unexpect, unacceptable. Hospitals are busy, doctors and nurses and care team members are really busy, and they're managing lots of patients every day. It can be difficult to keep on top of who's covering whom. That leads to lots of paging, phone calls, and even, uh, unfortunately, non-secure texting, uh, risking privacy and mistakes in the healthcare uh, spectrum. One thing that's really unique to Quark is its patient-centric messaging. Care team members no longer have to figure out who's on first or second. They know that there's a medical record number. They know the patient name or the patient's room number. Quark does the rest, pulling up associate team members, covering the patient to include who's covering pharmacy, imaging, or other departments. This creates a really efficient communication tool. A recent physician testimony attested to the value of being able to request and receive a consult on a patient, allowing both physicians to get what they needed without interrupting their current workflows from a distance. The good news for us is patient stats show that 92% of hospitals are looking to upgrade or adopt a secure text messaging platform over the next one to two years. Go to getcork.com, Q-U-A-R-C, to learn more. Today's show is going to be great. It's fantastic, in fact. We have two gentlemen joining us from a company named Vincari, Michael Damrich, creative director, and Marshall Wood, COO of Vincari. Gentlemen, please say hello. Hey, Matt. Hey, Reed. Hey, Matt. Hey, Reed. Glad to be here today. Thank you, Marshall. Thank you, Michael. We kind of wanted to start out with both of you today telling us about what is Vincari and why does it matter to the digital spectrum of healthcare in the United States. Absolutely. You know, Vincari has a pretty rich uh, history of helping surgeons um, really get the information that gets them paid, but also make sure that uh, the care teams are informed and really making that post-operative documentation as streamlined as possible, because we believe that if we can help the surgeons be as efficient as possible, that will in turn um, be able to affect patient care in a positive way. Yeah, so uh, Vincari, uh, as Michael said, is really to help the surgeon out and help the physician. Uh, we were founded by a general surgeon, um, Dr. Lucia Newman, who who saw his documentation in surgery not being as quality and as timely as it should be. So he really set out to to solve that problem. He was getting queried. Um, by, by his HIM staff at the hospital, as well as by his office. 
Um, and his, and his, his reimbursement was not where it was, nor was his patient care what, is what it was or what it should have been. So um, that's really his vision to create uh, a product that would allow him to quickly and easily capture documentation post-operatively um, efficiently and completely with full specificity of what was performed so that all the downstream consumers of that documentation could do what was needed with that. Um, I think as we'll discuss today, there's a lot of audiences to this documentation today, and uh, it has evolved a lot over the years being from being more of a communication tool from to provider, provider, and caregiver to caregiver to there's a lot of, a lot of additional audiences today um, for physicians and their documentation. Great. Do us a favor. Tell us a little bit more about the mechanism of how Mencari works in the surgical space. Yeah, so um, today, Vincari is integrated into uh, the different EMR systems. Some of the bigger ones like Epic and Cerner were available through those uh, marketplaces so that it's a very integrated uh, workflow for the surgeon. Um, again, trying to make sure that anything we create is streamlining process and not disrupting. So in those scenarios, surgeons are accessing Vincari um, either during surgery, which we'll touch on, or postoperatively in the recovery room, um, directly through Cerner or Epic or the other EHR, or through the, the, the Vincari mobile platform. So those systems are, are interfaced with, with those applications so that if I'm on the move going from room to room or to see patients down the hall, um, I can quickly and easily create that documentation from, from wherever. That's pretty fascinating. Um, how has the company grown over the last several years, and where are you guys in your your trajectory at the moment? Yeah, so we've um, we've grown pretty good bit. You know, from the early stages in, in developing the product, we um, and Michael and I were both here um, from almost the very beginning with with Dr. Newman and and the rest of the rest of the team. And it developing something like this for surgeons and for them to use postoperatively. Um, it was, it, it took us a little while to get it off the ground. Um, but right now we have, uh, we, we've, we've grown significantly over the last two or three years and we've documented well over, um, we're in the millions of surgeries documented in Vincari, um, thousands of users. And, um, like I said, over in the, in the several millions of, of surgeries been, that have been documented in Vincari. That's fascinating. So um, have you been able to speed things up? Have you made things safer? Um, what do you suppose are some of the advantages of using Vincari for, for surgical intervention? Yeah, so um, as you know, Lucian founded the company on it, on it being fast and more efficient for, for him as a surgeon. Um, so that's definitely one of the things. Surgeons are busy people. Um, and time is very valuable to them. So not only speed in which to, to complete, create the documentation, but also not being bothered after the fact days, weeks, or months later when further clarity is needed um, from, from them. But that also improving documentation improves a lot. It can improve patient care. It can improve outcomes. It can improve the reimbursement. It can reduce denials. It can reduce transcription costs. It can reduce... Um, reduce uh, rack audits. And there's a lot of things downstream uh, help from a medical legal standpoint. So the physician's documentation is, is much more important today than, than it ever has been in medicine. So what we do is to try strive to um, create a, a complete note immediately postoperatively 
with all the specific elements that are needed for that note for all the downstream audiences. And, and to touch on that as well, Matt, you know, surgeons especially, um, many of them operate at a lot of different places. So whether I am um, going down to a surgeon where there may be still paper charting or I'm going across town to one, one facility that's got EMRA and then I go operate at another one that's got EMRB. And in, you know, all of those different facilities, I'm required to learn and in many cases duplicate and and if I'm utilizing templates or something within those applications and and, and, uh, duplicate again all of those into all those different scenarios. So another real basic concept of Vincari is that no matter which EMR uh, the facility has, I want one user one interaction and one system that learns the common things that I'm doing so that again, I can just do it one time. And then based on which facility I am operating at, have that note, uh, sent into the appropriate, um, EHR, uh, from there. So again, it's very important that surgeons aren't having to, uh, regurgitate or reduplicate a lot of the, the same things just because I'm going to a different facility. So something that travels with me was was one of the founding concepts of Vincari. Okay, so that's really fascinating that it can travel with you. I mean, what you're describing also uh, to me is somewhat of like pattern behavior from the surgeon. And then how does the product that Vincari leverages work with that behavior? Um, another question comes to mind for me, and you and I, all three of us have talked about this before, and I wanted you both to elaborate on it for the audience. And it's the following. Uh, I think it was Marshall said to me, Matt, there's a difference between communication versus documentation. And I found the concepts that were discussed after that comment to be really interesting and was hoping that both Marshall and Michael could elaborate a little bit about that motif for Vincari and why it matters to you. Yeah, Matt. So, you know, a physician told me several years ago, he said, I, I can, I can care for a patient. We can care for a patient better in some instances by a piece of paper on the door to their room. If we if all we're expected to do is just care for that patient and communicate to the different, the other caregivers and, and put their brief notes on one sheet of paper. But in this day of, of medicine, that's no longer good enough. And, and the communication has evolved every time. I'll let Michael kind of talk about that. But, but we're in a time now that, that the documentation is, it has to be so much more than just communication. So what our goal is to um, is allow the communication, but also to uh, help, help the physician with all the other purposes and audiences of their documentation. Yeah, so Matt, this is Michael, and, and I'm not a surgeon myself. However, my father's a cardiothoracic surgeon, so growing up, I was kind of exposed to um, to some of the inefficiencies that you know these new EMRs and things that that surgeons now are forced to use. Um, how it slows them down, and and you know, my dad referencing kind of the good old days, if you will, of, of paper charting, and what he's really referring to again is like back in the beginning, you know. Documentation was more in the form of communication, as Marshall said. Me writing a note to to Marshall saying, "Hey, this patient's got this. This patient's got that, and these are the things that are important." And it, the things that were left out were the things that are now being forced to be included. That 
just um, this volume, this you know, this massive note of excess information that a lot of times isn't necessarily geared for caring for the patient. It's more for one of those audiences that is either paying you or um, or regulatory. It's again, and we hear it over and over again that surgeons now know where to dig in a progress note or something to find what really matters. Um, and so with Fincari, you know, we know the importance of notes having all of the information that is required to get them paid. Um, having a keen focus on those fields that the next physician really cares about, um, that's what we want to bring bring forward and bring to light. So that's what we refer to when we say bringing the communication back to documentation. That's excellent. Um, thanks for that explanation. Um, listening to you, something comes to mind, a conversation that I had with Marshall recently, and that is um, rel relative to what Michael just mentioned, which is what is the communication that's important in these notes? What's the essential things we need to kind of record and use for ourselves later to help us take care of the patient. Um, you know, traditionally, uh, fields that we would record in the EMR are great for billing and not missing out on, uh, you know, uh, time to billing and um, maxing out on our, um, our various ratings for what those bills might cost to the various insurance companies. And that's important in one regard, but we move past that now. And EMR has kind of turned into this uh, data exchange engine, or it can be where the UX or the user experience interface itself has definitely lagged behind other technologies throughout multiple markets, especially in the evolution of where we are in technology. After all, we are on a podcast called The Voice of Healthcare, which focuses on voice-first interfaces. So the question I have to both uh, Marshall and Michael is when you look at a product with features like Vincari that can integrate in the ways that you speak and offer great um, outcomes uh, that you both mentioned briefly and can easily expand upon if you wish, where do you see a product like Vincari with voice-first interfaces and where would you like to see it go and how would you see it integrate? Yeah, so that's a great question. And to put it simply, if you've ever listened to a surgeon dictate an operative note, uh, it sounds a little bit like this. There's a, there's a big deep breath. <sighs> The patient was brought to the operating place to spine position and general management, and they, they ramble. And then there's a point when they will slow down and they'll say, at this point, I found X. At this point, I found Y. We use this. We use that. And those points when they slow down, if you will, are those pieces that make this case different than the one before. And each one of those pieces that make this case different than the one before are, if you will, dis actual discoveries during the surgery, which is really where we vision using voice um, to voice-enable Vincari. So let me paint a, a picture. I'm a surgeon. I've scrubbed in. Um, the patient is asleep. And the difference with a voice application with Vincari opposed to some of the other um, guests that I've listened to and some of the other applications that I know people are really focusing with, with voice is that surgery is unique in the sense that it is a sterile environment. Um, it is a, a, as I mentioned, the patient is asleep. So there's a little less formality uh, that needs to be in, in what's actually being spoken or directed. 
it's much more intent driven. Um, the surgeon found this. I'm going to speak that. The surgeon just used this mesh. I'm going to speak that mesh. The circulating nurse just documented this blood loss. She is going or he is going to speak that. Um, and so opposed to a patient exam room where, um, you know, the, the device maybe need to be listening and really uh, deciphering what is going on in a conversation, we believe that we can use voice to enable Vincari to take what is being documented post-operatively, which a lot of times leaving detail out because it's after the fact, and moving those discoveries um, to the actual encounter and when they're being found, not only just to save my time post-operatively, but to ensure that I'm really capturing what was actually done and I'm not forgetting something because I'm documenting when I get home later on that, that evening. Yeah, and, and just to add to that, Michael, another concept is documentation and capturing that at the point of discovery. Um, especially in surgery, a lot of the things that are different about surgery in each particular patient is what is discovered during that. Whether you're doing more of a diagnostic procedure, like a, a GI procedure or a, an orthoscopy uh, procedure, documenting what is discovered, what is discovered in your findings, it's much easier to document that while you're looking at what has been found than it is. After the case, you know, you're in a hurry to get back to the clinic or to get to the next case, and you may not take the time as you would while you're while while you're actually in surgery. So we we definitely see moving that that communication and moving that documentation, giving the voice back to the surgeon, if you will, to document that interoperatively at the time of discovery. Well, uh, Michael, uh, Marshall, thank you so much for being here. Uh, as a surgeon, I, I, I have a, a few questions. And uh, the first question I have for you is, can you share with us how, um, as you mentioned, each, each surgical case can be a little different. So how does Vincari learn from the individual physician's behavior? Yeah, so there's two main components of in Vincari of the note. One is more the structured components, the pre-op, post-op, and procedure, where we're making sure that we help um, assist you, the surgeon, getting that specific information. You know the answers to the questions. You just may not know what the questions downstream are going to be from the different audiences. And the, and the second part is providing the ability for you to add your own patient context and your own style and behavior to your note as well through your technique and through your findings. So that, that allows you to um, your notes to be different and your notes to be more to, to reflect your personality. So it's balancing the um, your personality and how you perform the procedure, your technique with the, um, with the, the, the requirements downstream and the structure in which um, the hospitals and health systems and, and payers are, are, are wanting you to confide inside of a certain structure. Yeah, and, and one, one example I like to compare, like when my friends who have, um, who have no understanding of medicine or don't work in the field at all, and I say, you know, the application that we've developed is, is kind of like TurboTax for surgeons. The, the surgeon knows the answer, you know, or, or if I'm creating my tax return, it says, did you buy a home last year? Did you have a child last year? There's simple questions that, you know, I know the answer to as a surgeon. A lot of times it's just this moving target that the, 
that the industry seems to be playing or this game with the surgeons to just try and see what we can get them to forget today. Um, you know, a lot of the, the HIM departments and CDI teams that we work with, um, they, they relate Vincari to kind of this electronic CDI specialist that is sitting with the surgeon as they document. So as I choose excisional debridement as an example, instead of them being a sticky note in the dictation lounge to remind me to, to say the depth, we want to just prompt the physician with those certain questions, depth, size, location, um, again, and take the guesswork out of what's required. And then in my technique or how I'm actually describing this, we one leverage the way that you've documented this procedure in the past as a starting point. We allow the surgeon to create what we call variables. So portions of that dictation that may change each time, um, simple drop downs and things that you would kind of expect in a, in a templating system, if you will. Um, and then on top of that, we, we integrate with several different voice um, voice to text applications to make adding the color around some, some traumatic cases or things that are very different um, easily and quick so that, again, we're eliminating that dictation portion as well. So it's a, it's a balancing act, um, but we've spent the last 10 years, we believe, creating a pretty elegant um, balance between the two to make sure that surgeons get credit for taking care of sicker patients um, while also not having to spend you know, several minutes up to 10 minutes actually creating the, the same redundant piece of documentation. Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, as a surgeon, I can say thank you from all of us to uh, give us some credit uh, for, the, for the more difficult patients. Um, you mentioned how, uh, especially in the operating uh, suite, it's a sterile environment, and yet there's a lot of documentation that goes on. So bringing a voice-enabled applications to the OR truly makes sense. But um, with the recent announcement by Amazon that Alexa is now HIPAA compliant, a lot of our listeners have actually reached out to us and asked, what does that mean for my medical information? And so could you discuss with us how Vincari protects the individual patient's medical information? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, obviously, the HIPAA guidelines and, and rules obviously play into account with what we're doing. And, and we, we're very serious about that. And we, um, we utilize a lot of different things to help secure that. Everything that we do is, um, is, is follows the HIPAA guidelines. So I think, you know, the, the, the recent announcement by, by Amazon and uh, where, you know, Alexa is, is moving in the HIPAA compliant fashion that's not surprising. You know, AWS has uh, a lot of their um, technology can be uh, utilized under a BAA and 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 be and be HIPAA compliant. So it's not surprising that 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 they're they're obviously moving Alexa um, to that same platform. Um, we we're a little bit different than some of those because we're not consumer facing, and there's a lot of HIPAA. HIPAA um, things to think about when you're putting this in somebody's house. Um, like, for instance, if I, if 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 Michael's at my house and 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 Alexa starts telling talking to me about about my about my uh, conditions, that could be um, concerning. With Vincari, it's I don't know about saying, but it's it's easier. But there there are, it's more around the data security and making sure that the communication and the channels of the data that we're sending back and forth to our servers. And the data that we're storing in our servers 
we're storing that and and and, and encrypting that in the fa- in the fashion to keep it safe and um and through those uh, the HIPAA compliance um, processes. Yeah, and and to touch on that a little, you know, as Marshall mentioned, this is um, something that the majority of cases are being used, and when Vincari is used, it's it's in the sterile environment, it's back in the OR, or it's in the recovery room, um, and therefore, because it is uh, physician facing and. Um, you know, that it takes a lot of the complexity um, out of that whole scenario for sure. Gentlemen, this has been a bright discussion. I'd like to thank Marshall Wood, COO of Vincari, and Michael Damrich, Creative Director of Vincari. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. We appreciate it. It's been enjoyable. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. I'd also like to thank my co-host, Dr. McClellan. Reed, thanks for being on the show again. Thank you, Dr. Sobolski. It's always a pleasure to meet and discuss interesting voice applications. Marshall and Michael, thank you guys both for being here as well and really educating both us and our listeners on Vincari. One more time, secure text messaging by Quark. Getquark.com, Q-U-A-R-C, a secure text messaging product that's patient-centered made by physicians for physicians access them at getquark.com thank you everyone this has been the voice of healthcare signing off 